You are now in the Corner Booth Podcast, a sports podcast from Billy Up Sports and the Billy Up Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jared Clay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our third edition of the Sunday Special. It is a nice freeform conversation where we talk sports with a personality from the media. Today, me and Kev got Barstool and Bleacher Report contributor and the host of Section 10, Mr. Steve Peral, coming back for a second run with us. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just honored to be a uh, recurring guest. That's a big deal, and I feel like we've all grown as individuals because of it. Oh, totally. And we, you know, Kev is Kev's first time on a Sunday special, so he's he's pretty happy right now. I feel really special. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Steve, we got so baseball, the biggest story, and maybe this is because I just don't care because I'm not I, my team's not in the AL, but it's been the Astros. I mean, what we got set, we got like seven hit by pitches already this season already this yeah. Just, in in the in the spring training, we've got every team like you know finding their way to heckle them about the garbage cans. We're finding out new information every day. Now I gotta ask, as a guy whose team also got kind of scrapped up for this, how are you feeling about this whole situation so far this spring? So there's a lot of a uh, lot of layers to this. First off, one thing that's been driving me nuts is everyone talking about how often the Astros have been hit this spring training. They barely. I mean, these are like full count curveballs. You know, Altuve got hit on the on the toe. <laughs> I, until one of these guys, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, gets drilled in the back with a heater, I don't really count that as really getting hit. So I just want to get that out of the way at first. Um, but no, it's been an absolute mess. It's been an absolute mess, and I think it's stating the obvious that Manfred handled it poorly. But um, let's be let's be real. Everybody's handled this poorly. The I way the like person... <laughs> who, who's the only person that's like handled this well? Big Poppy. <laughs> yeah, Tate Ortiz is like Mike Field. I'm like a no snitch. Um, I think the but, Yankees did. They're basically they were also wrapped up in this and got away with everything. Yeah, I mean that's the tough part. Is like any Yankee fan that thinks that they weren't looking at the replay room is just an absolute idiot. But that's I, the thing that kills me is the trolls and the idiots. And Jared cares more about this than I do. I don't care about this that much. But the clowns that are gonna throw in the Astros with the Red Sox. Uh, in terms of severity of what happened, that's just an ignorant thing to do based off of what we know and based off of what the million years this Red Sox investigation has been going on. Everything, every sign is pointing towards what the Sox were doing is basically what a lot of teams were doing. And that's why no players have come out and said a single thing about the Red Sox. And what the Astros were doing was this unknown form of cheating that was just so beyond, um, you know, the normal line of trying to get an advantage that it was just uncomparable. So. I, as a Sox fan, have just hated everything this offseason, and losing core is a big part of it, but I'm most frustrated about the people that group the Astros with the Red Sox. That's just not, it's not the right way to go about it, based off of what we know. Yeah, I, I, I totally see the way you look at it, because you've got the Astros, who are 40,000 feet above everything else with the amount of effort they put into this, yeah. and then you've got another 30 feet of crap, and then it's everyone else in the MLB who's kind of in that muck. I guarantee my snakes probably did something like this, too. It was probably with, like, smoke signals, because they're so behind and everything. But, <laughs> I, like, it's it doesn't surprise me at all. The one thing that has me hyped, though, Steve, is you know how much I hate the L.A. Dodgers— they got yeah. hosed in back-to-back World Series by this. At least their fans are crying about it, and it's hysterical to me because Dodgers fans make my skin crawl. And the fact is they're complaining that they should have won, and the fact is I think it was against the Astros. They lost twice at home in Chavez Ravine. It just, it's just it's like when the, watching the Saints lose on a pass interference call. It's like I want to drink the fans' tears. 
No, I, I know. I, I hear you there. I think if you're a Dodgers fan, most of them have seemingly uh, focused on 2017 over 2018 because from everything that we hear, there was no way for the Red Sox to look at the replay room during the postseason because there was a monitor from Major League Baseball in the room during the entire playoffs. So they just got pounded by the Sox. Seems like fair and square. We'll know for sure once the investigation comes out. Who knows if we'll know for sure based off how Manfred's handled this. But um, if you're a Dodgers fan, you should be insanely pissed off about 2017. Remember how like tied up we were in that World Series being like, oh, it's the juice balls and what's going on with all these home runs? It's like, well, it makes the Dodgers look even better because even if the balls were juice, like they, they weren't. They didn't have anybody banging on the trash can in their dugout. And they were they were staying neck and neck with the Astros who hit a home run basically every other pitch. So yeah. um, if you're a Dodgers fan, if you're Cody Bell, I, I love, by the way, let's talk about all these players, uh, these big name players that have come out and rightfully bashed the Astros. Guys that don't normally, A, talk that much to the media and B, have a negative thing to say about anybody. Cody Bellinger is a pretty... Uh, par for the course kind of guy. He's not an over the top, you know, F you. He's not like Bauer. Bauer is so aggressive and over the top. I was going to talk about his comments next because they were with CeCe. They were fucking hysterical. My goodness. Bauer is something else. But having Mike Trout, you know, come at him and it's like Mike Trout, like you barely hear him talk ever. Um, So big names are really going after these guys. Obviously, Aaron Judge, you know, he had an MVP stolen from him. So like very, very much makes sense that why he would want to go after Altuve and the Astros. But I'm just I'm glad with how major league, how the players have handled this um, that aren't on the Astros, how they've come out and really made it clear that what Houston was doing is just ridiculous. It, it's nothing close to what these other teams do to try to get an advantage. So, um, yeah, if you're a Dodgers fan, you, you got to be so pissed, especially how last year went. Like, how do you lose in the first round? And I know the Nationals go on to win the World Series and like that. I guess that makes it a little better. But. You can't lose the Nationals. Dude, I was crying. I was laughing. So I was watching the game in my room, and I'm like, I saw the home run. I think it was uh, it was Howie Kendrick who hit the one that killed uh, him, right? Joe Kelly, yeah. Joe oh. Kelly gives up a grand slam. Yeah, it was nuts. You as a, a Sox fan must have laughed when Joe Kelly gave up that dinger, though. I lo- Joe Kelly was like probably my favorite guest outside of Brock Holt that we've had on the podcast. I remember he's still – Joe Kelly's still the most listened to podcast we've ever had. Really? Um, and the timing was perfect, though, because it, it was the day uh, – the, the day of his first game in New York since the brawl. Uh, so he was in studio in New York and I th- I'm pretty sure he was high as a kite. He had sunglasses <laughs> on. Um, and he was just giving us these quotes that were absolutely amazing. I still remember we asked him about the brawl. We were like, what went through your mind? You know, when uh, Tyler Austin was coming at you and he's like, I don't know, man, like I just get this, this, these shark eyes, you know, where everything just goes white and I'm just ready to kill. And I'm like, whoa, what? <laughs> you're, you're like ready to kill? He's like, yeah, like a like a serial killer. I'm like, whoa, all right, we're making a quote card out of that. Um, so, and that quote card did insane numbers. It was like 5,000 likes. I'm like, thanks, Joe. Um, but no, seeing him give up the Grand Slam was, uh, it was a weird feeling because I, I want him to do well. Um, but yeah, at this point, like I've, I've, I have no issue with the Dodgers. Like I, if they win the World Series, I'm totally fine with that. I like a lot of players in that team. Obviously, I love Mookie Betts. We'll talk about that. But um, if you're a Dodgers fan, yeah, you have to be insanely pissed off with how all this has gone down. Oh, I'd love if they like didn't even win the division this year. That'd be hysterical. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> because they're the, they're the Yankees of the West, and like for us, for us NL fans, what you, all the AL fans hate the Yankees for for what they did in the 2000s, they're the modern version of that because they throw like what is it like what they th- what the money they threw at um. Oh, what's his face? Oh, the pit, uh, they threw a Kershaw and every other player. They, they they're always in the mix for every free agent. It it drives me as a a medium market team insane because I'm like, oh god, here we go again. They're gonna get another star. They're gonna get this. They're gonna get that. I'm like, oh my, it it, it 
now I see why every fan used to hate the Yankees back when I was a kid because I experience it now. But all right, we're going to get into some other teams right now. So we're going to talk. I know Kev's been chomping at the bit to talk some Red Sox. And I, me as an outsider for two guys who are part of the nation, I got to ask, like, how are you guys both feeling right now? Because I am looking at the Red Sox and I understand why they moved on. I understand why they moved on from Betts because they're going to have to pay him and – He's what? He's what? Twenty nine years old? Twenty eight years old right now? Uh, twenty seven. Twenty seven. Oh, okay. So he's not even that. I mean, you wait. You know, there's five, six years of shelf life with what he's doing. So, but I don't know. To me, the whole move just felt it felt come like they were coming out of nowhere with like, oh, they're trying to get rid of all their talent now. Like my snakes were like limit, like linked to JBJ for a minute, and they let Holt walk, and they trade Price, and Chris Chris Sale looks like he needs to give about fifteen sandwiches. It, it's <laughs> What is going on in Red Sox Nation? Somebody tell me. <laughs> There's nothing. Nothing's going well. Let's put it that way. Um, just just off the top of my head, I'm trying to just get some feelings out. Let me think. I'm trying to like rate what's been the most annoying part of the offseason because there's so many roads you can d- go down there. Uh, the Mookie thing is obviously insanely frustrating, but we we've said this over and over and over again. As a Red Sox fan, you can't have your maximum anger until he doesn't re-sign next offseason because there is still a chance and we had Jeff passing on we have him on a lot and he was saying there's a 25 percent chance in his mind and what he hears and sees and all that that Mookie would re-sign in Boston I think a lot of that is just based off the fact that they have the spending potential and they won't have to face the luxury tax penalties uh, next year so in theory, there's a chance Mookie could come back. I think all signs point to that not happening, considering they were miles apart in contract negotiations. And the farewell felt very much like a farewell. It didn't feel like I'll see a see a later type thing. It was more I want to, you know, the Boston chapter of my life was great. This, that, the other thing. Um, you know, ownership, John Henry, we want to thank Mookie for all this. And then they come up with like a full statement comparing it to like the Nomar trade which i get more than most people everyone i think compared nomar and mookie as players uh in that statement more than what they meant to the fan base what henry was trying to say i think because you never fully know he's always kind of whispering is that the nomar deal crushed fans similarly to how this uh deal crushed fans and i agree with that i i remember i cried when nomar got traded i i was 14 years old nomar was my favorite player ever and um and that was absolutely crushing didn't cry this time. Mookie got dealt, but uh, similar feelings, that's for sure, when when he went off to L.A. I don't really mind David Price being gone. I never really loved him. Um, I think it's going to it's gonna hurt you, obviously, in the rotation. From that regard, I, I don't like Price being off the team because you don't have a fifth starter right now. It's probably Brian Johnson. But, yeah, I think the Mookie Betts deal is the one that, that hurts the most. The Brock Holt thing, I think we kind of knew that, that he wasn't going to come back. The, the part that hurts there is that he only signed for an extra, like, $300,000 more than, than Peraza did. Uh, so that, that kind of sucks, especially when Holt can be a utility guy and play the outfield, play all over. He's a huge clubhouse guy. Um, the fans love him. I think for an extra 300,000, they would have, considering how bad this offseason went, they would have kept Brock Holt, but he was fetching, you know, more projected money when free agency started. So I understand why they didn't go after him initially, but it's been an, an awful offseason. There's really the only thing, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to give a silver lining. The only thing to really be maybe happy about as a Red Sox fan is that this team is is being counted out by literally everybody like no one thinks they're going to do anything of relevance especially a lot of people in boston and there is something to be said especially over the course of a 162 game season when no one believes in you that can be a rallying cry and kind of you know keep you pushing forward during the dog days of summer yeah I, i'm glad that you brought up 
Brock Holt, and we brought up Mookie, but um, I want to know who runs the Section 10 Instagram. You don't have to give a name, just I want <laughs> you to tell them for me that I'm very mad at them. Yeah, yeah, you can say it right to my face because I run that. <laughs> what the fuck, Steve? <laughs> a nice work day. Just, I got to work home today. I was just sending some emails, writing some stuff up, you know, take a break, scroll on Instagram. I see, oh, cool, this picture of Brock Holt in the Brewers uniform and Mookie in his Dodge uniform just, like, side-hugging, hanging out. And now yeah. I'm crying. <laughs> so thanks for ruining my workday, Steve. I know. I, I didn't mean to do it to you, but here's the deal. I Anything I post in the Section 10 account, and I easily could have somebody else doing this by now, but I don't trust anyone with anything related to Section 10, like, so I do everything myself. Um, I... I know how much the fan base cares about Brock and Mookie. I know how much our listeners specifically care about both of those guys. And so I look at it more from it being a, I look at it as like, it's a news thing. It's more like a, we have a connection to these guys. I want to show you that they're having fun elsewhere. And there is sadness to that. I mean, the caption is a crying emoji, but there's also some, I, I get happy seeing that they're happy because those guys meant so much to the podcast, specifically Brock. And then, us talking about Mookie, you know, obviously helps ratings. Um, but yeah, I, it, trust me, it's a sad thing. It's not easy when I hit send, but I don't know. I felt it was necessary because <laughs> I, I posted one of, what was it? It was, uh, it was bra it was, uh, Mookie and David Price getting introduced to the Dodgers. And I think Jared texted me like, what is that? <laughs> like, what are, what are we doing here? We got to delete that. But no, I mean, the people engage with it. I mean, that post I did today has like over 400 comments. So, um, it's it's about engagement at the end of the day. I hate to say it. All right. Well, I'll 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 respect the hustle then, yeah, even though I don't have to like it. No, you can hate it. You don't have to. It, like it's it's more. But at the end of the day, it is more just like uh keeping the loop open because we're still gonna post about Brock and like Griff. Like if they have like some cute video where Griff you know hits a ding dong, we're gonna absolutely post oh, that. If uh, if because Brock's in Milwaukee now, if you stop posting about Griff, I would be even more upset. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the, the Griff stuff has to take priority, um, especially depending on how the season goes. Like, this could be a nightmare of a year, and we're going to need, you know, Griff content. And um, we're going to come up with some stupid storylines this year, I'm sure, like Eddie's goat milk. But, yeah, I I think I think that's not going to leave. Griff stuff ain't going to leave. All right, that, that makes me feel a little better about this season. All right, good. Yeah, we're good. They're going to win the World Series. <laughs> all right so now steve before we get into the rest of the mlb i gotta so i have a bold prediction on my diamondbacks here um i think they're gonna be an 85 90 win team this year oh damn that's a great bad bum having a big one i love their team and it's weird because like they have no like like i didn't see the Cattell Marte thing happening like i thought he's gonna be a solid like number three guy like he's gonna you know he's gonna be like the th- third best hitter in their lineup dude knocks off 30 dingers i'm sitting there like like double taking him like where did this come from like i'm about to i'm actually about to order my Cattell Marte jersey right now but like what because <laughs> all i have left is an upton all-star jersey that's all i got left <laughs> I, I got rid of all my goldschmidt shit i i did but i was gonna say yeah actually i wanted to stick on that like as a fan i don't really get jersey anymore i i get uh i get throwbacks i get like mitchell and ness like guys i grew up with oh yeah like um, that's for me yeah so like what what are you what are y'all's i i try to use y'all smoothly it didn't work what are y'all's uh, opinions on getting jerseys of guys that are either older than you or around your age? Are you, like, out on that? Well, here's the thing. It's weird because for basketball, 
My favorite player is three weeks younger than, or is like three or four weeks younger than me. It's Carl Anthony okay. Towns. So it's weird for me rooting for somebody younger than me. And like, I mean, for Phil, for I'm an Eagles fan, so Carson Wentz is like two years older than me. So I have his jersey, and then yeah. I have I'm, I have Miles Sanders too. But it's like this the jersey thing has never really bothered me, only because like it's like I have a love a love for like that especially with my Eagles I have a love you can ask Kevin this I have a love for that team that will never die off oh yeah. god it's so annoying you know? <laughs> but with like the Diamondbacks like I almost bought like a base jersey this year with nobody on the back of it because dude I like that every Diamondback I've ever bought a jersey of has been traded at some point Johnson when I was a kid then Justin Upton literally my girlfriend from high school bought me like this three hundred dollar Authentic All-Star Patch jersey. Oh damn! That's a, a gift. month later. That's a oh, hell of a gift, gift, though. A high school oh, know, girlfriend she, gets she, the authentic she, jersey. Oh yeah, she was great. But the problem is, the, the gift was great. She wasn't. But gift uh, <laughs> way better than her. <laughs> it's a silver lining of the relationship. Like, yeah, that kind of sucked. But hey, I got a jersey out of it. Oh, no, I, I got the authentic her. uni. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's like whatever, like just below the authentic uni, because it doesn't have like the like the 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 logo on the uh, underneath the neck, but it's got like. The whole, like, the patches and everything from the 2011 All-Star game. Yeah, that's legit. That's legit. Oh, that's, that's legit. And it still fits me somehow. I didn't even realize it. But um, <laughs> that, I probably my jersey until my new one comes in. But for me, it's like I when I look at jerseys, I'd rather, like, you know, buy the Mitchell and Ness thing or just get the straight-up uniform. Like, like with, like, you know, the clean back, no name, nothing. Because to me, that's still that's still dope-looking. I love it. Like, I, I, I want a white D-back jersey. I'm a little hurt that they got rid of the teal because I did dig those uniforms. I'm one of the few who actually did. So, I don't know. I, I see the whole idea because I feel like every time I get a damn player for the Diamondbacks, they get traded within a, within the, a year. The, the players are tough. I used to get a lot of Patriots jerseys growing up. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it felt like anybody I got got traded immediately. I, I avoided getting a Brady one because I thought that was too obvious. Like, I didn't want to be like literally every other kid in the Boston yeah. area. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it now, I'm 29 now. So, like, I'm, I'm trying to... I've like refined my Jersey buying experience. Normally it's a throwback Mitchell and Ness of someone I grew up with. Cause like, that's never gonna, that's never going to go bad. Like if always I get, in style. Yeah. If I get a Ken Griffey jr. Like that's not going, you know, bad at any point. Exactly. Um, and to your point, yeah, I, I think it makes perfect sense. I used to hate on the blank Jersey. Uh, Cause I would always kind of be like, as a kid, I was like, Oh, pick a style, like pick a player. But now I totally get it. Like I totally understand. You don't want to waste your money anymore. Exactly. And it's like that Jersey ain't going out of style either. If you don't have any player on the back. So yeah, both make sense. I agree. Like, I totally cut off whatever your diamondbacks point was talking about jerseys. Oh, it's fine, dude. It's fine. That's the whole point of this thing. We have like a free flowing conversation. That's why I love doing these things. Now I stopped doing the structured interviews because the whole point of this show is when we have guests on to make them feel like they can just chill, but chill back, crack a beer with us and yeah. bullshit about sports for, t- for a half hour. That's what but, and when yeah. it comes to jerseys, I think you guys are over – like, it's not professional, but college jerseys are where it's at. Oh, totally. I want my, they can't use my player likenesses. They won't get trade. I mean, I have a 27 Alabama football jersey in my closet. Eddie you know, Lacey. One. Eddie Lacy, uh, Derrick Henry wore it for a while. I mean, if there's a good player on the team wearing number 27, I'd say, oh, it's that guy. Like, it's with Miami with uh, 26. Like, it's Sean Taylor. Or, yeah, true. Um, or, Willis uh, McGahee, maybe. Oh, Willis McGahee. No, McGahee was three. Oh, okay. McGahee might have been 26 later on in the pros. Um, yeah, yeah like, that's a good point. I, I don't like being from the, uh, you know, Boston. It's, I, I wish, like, I'm a BC fan. I've always, I didn't go to Boston College. I'm one of those, like, weirdos that's, like, a huge Boston College fan but didn't go there. Um, but 
it's like people don't care about BC. And so if I wear a BC jersey, they'll be like, what are you, you wearing a BC jersey? Uh, and it, you really have to be like an alumni to pull that off. So I've kind of avoided that. But I totally get like if I if I was a fan of like a, a big time D1 team, I would absolutely have one of the unis because those are fresh too, like a Nike or like a like if you get like an Oregon jersey, they have like 50 million options. Oh, um, that was the downside of going to Alabama. They have had the same uniform. I know it's pretty basic, yeah, but it's not bad. It's like a classic, though. It's classic, yeah. yeah I agree with you, but and what what's the weirdest uniform or jersey that you guys have? I'm curious of that. Um, I had. Let me think. The weirdest one. It's a good question. Um, I remember I I had recently won a uh, poker game in high school, and normally when I I played cards a lot in high school, I still do. Um, but like I sucked, and so it took me time to get better at it, and so I finally won. And the pot was, I don't think it was anything, it was probably like 80 bucks. And I immediately, I'm so bad with money. So I immediately was like, all right, well, I have to spend this tomorrow because like it's my winnings and I have to get something. So I went to a like Dick's Sporting Goods and they had this Carmelo Anthony Oak Hill uh, jersey. And I was like, yeah, I'll just, I'll, I'll buy that. But I, the thing is, it's like, it's the ugliest jersey. I also it's like don't the like, red and yellow, right? It's like. But like it, the there's one that's like main main red and then the numbers are yellow, which isn't that bad. I got the one that's like puke yellow oh, with the red with the red numbers and it's so disgusting. And I don't even like Carmelo. Like the only Carmelo I liked was Syracuse Mellow, and I would definitely like rock that jersey. But um, that jersey sucks. And then there was a night I was at the at a Celtics game and I just needed to purchase something and I decided to purchase a Ryan Gomes Celtics jersey, which is just a, another awful idea. He was you a local kid. Two minutes from my house. <laughs> I, he, I know he's a Providence kid, but like I, I'm a BC fan. Like the, the Ryan Gomes Providence teams would always give BC a, a, a hard time. So I don't even know why I got that. But I don't know if those are great examples. But I look at those jerseys when I scroll through my closet. and I'm like, why the hell did I ever buy these? I may have got you beat in ugliest though. Um, so I was in college. I had a buddy of mine. He works for Three Point Conversion now. He does their Browns podcast. He he was like a big thrift store guy before it became cool. He shows up at the station. I'm about to do my sports show. With a Brian Westbrook jersey. It was the one from 07 with the Carolina blue and yellow. Oh, no. It was disgusting looking. I have it in my class. I've never worn it. But it is, like, it's it, it's the craziest jersey. I put it on one. It was a, it was a men's double XL. Even at my heaviest, I never could have fit into one of those things. This thing's disgusting. I'm looking at this right now. This is one of the worst jerseys ever. Thank you. It doesn't make is, any I sense. I appreciated the gift. He also got me a one-of-one one Brian Dawkins bobblehead, which is, like, you know, that's my hero, so it's, like, great. But at the same time, like, he gave me this, like, a year earlier. I was like, dude, this is insane looking. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I was watching real. on TV like in black real... and white, so I couldn't tell how ugly those shirts were when I was a kid. Because we played a game against, like, Danbury, the Danbury Vikings, and then we're all tailgating the parking lot. I was in Pop Warner, and I'm watching on a black and white TV, and my Eagles smacked the Lions. But I'm like, they're all talking about the jerseys. I'm like, why are the jerseys? I go home and see Center later. I'm like, oh, my God. This look. This looks like a fake uniform. This doesn't. This looks like something you get on eBay, where they're like, "Trust me, it's an Eagles uniform." This doesn't. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Kev, I'm wearing those for the rest of the, for next season for our Madden franchise. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of my weird. Like, I have a lot of Alabama. I have a couple of Alabama jerseys. I have the Chris Sale jersey with the gold piping for the World Series. Oh, nice. But my that was on sale at Dick Sporting Goods one day, and I was it like, was on I have to buy sale. it. <laughs> oh, I hate you. I know. Continue though. That was a great dad um, joke. I applaud it. But Thank my you. weirdest might be, I was bought, this is a little bit of a story why I got it. I went to Olympia Sports. Um, 
I don't know if they have them in Connecticut, Jared. Uh, they, they all, they basically have all shut down now. Yeah, so they were going out of business, going bankrupt. Companies buying them. They had a bunch of sales. And I was buying Christmas presents there because I'm cheap. No, and no I saw, here. <laughs> I saw that they had movie jerseys on sale. So I have a Cleveland Indians Ricky Vaughn jersey Ooh. hanging in my closet. For oh, those who have seen Wild or uh, Major League, you cut the sleeves off, Kevin. No, oh, no, I'm Ben. Well, I gotta wait. Like, if I want to wear it in the spring, I don't want to cut the sleeves off in case it's a little cold. But once summer comes, I gotta cut the sleeves off for the beach. There you go. So when Absolutely. you come to the vineyard again this year, you gotta wear that to the beach. The thing with uh with movie jerseys uh, that kind of because I think I know like I think it's a similar company that makes the jersey I got from the Sandlot, um the Benny the Jet jersey. Like, it's a cool jersey in theory, but it it says like the sandlot on it and like Benny's jersey doesn't say the sandlot on it like it's just like a like a normal white with the number 30 and Rodriguez on the back I think with no number on the back like give me like if you're gonna make a movie jersey make it authentic make it authentic like make it the one that he actually had in the movie and so I was pissed I was Benny the Jet Rodriguez for Halloween this year and I'm walking around just upset at myself because I'm like I should have I should have gone on eBay or something and gotten like the actual real one um Everyone else is oh, ooh, Benny the Jet, but those are all, you know, simpletons. They, they don't understand that that, that jersey is not the real one. So that kind of bugged me, but oh well. This That's one's pretty good. It, part of the reason I want to see it, it has the, like, the logo, the baseball with the mohawk yeah. as a patch on one of the arms. But other than that, it's just a regular, like, Cleveland Indians jersey. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's pretty fresh. Oh, I love it. I had to buy it right when I saw it. Oh, yeah, my God. I need, I need to get myself a uh, – I want to get the Will Smith Baylor Academy one. From uh, Fresh Prince. Oh, that one's dope, too. Yeah, oh, those are, like, some of the ones they make are the actual authentic version. So, I don't which, I don't get that. Well, you have to, like, look at the right site. Because you, if you see, like, those ones they, they advertise on Facebook, you're screwed. Yeah, it's true. All right. We'll get uh, – that jersey top back is pretty dope, though. Because I, I feel like everyone's got, like, a jersey they love. My Some, some of my favorites, my uh, my either my authentic Wentz that I got from a guy I know at Nike or my Dawkins throwback, which I bought because I was too uh, – because McCoy got traded – <laughs> yeah, the trades, man. You gotta get new ones every Dude, time. I have, I have so many. I have an Asante Samuel Eagles jersey. I can go all the way back to Javon Curse and L.J. Smith. Um, uh, yeah, but uh, so we're talking baseball here. I, so, Steve, the reason I'm like high on my Diamondbacks this year is we like start to reel it back a little bit. One, Mad Bum is an innings eater, which we have not had since Levon Hernandez was here. That's like, a throwback, Levon. Yeah. All the way back to Levon. Like, older day Randy Johnson couldn't even go into the seventh without giving up a couple dingers with that flat slider of his. But why I love Mad Bum is that's one one game one game of rotation where we don't have to blow our bullpen. With with Granky, it was like five innings. All right, take Zach out. He's done. He, he's gone below 85 miles an hour on his fastball. He's getting slugged. And what I love is we, ha- we have a bunch. I love this kid, the kid Weaver, the young kid. And there's a couple other uh, – you know, guys who are coming up and, like, we're going to get by, like, August or whatever in our pitching rotation. But the biggest thing to me is our lineup has a bunch of guys who – we only have one guy who really can hit about 30, 40 home runs. That's Marte. Cattell. But, like, we have, we have a bunch of guys, including Sterling, Christian Walker, and, you know, David Peralta, who's so underrated, Eduardo Escobar. All these guys who can hit, like, you know, 20, 30, like 10, 10 to 25 jacks maybe 65 RBIs. It's a great lineup, especially with Arizona's climate in their ballpark. It's not It's not anything to shake a stick at. There's not really a single hole. Even Carson Kelly, our catcher, had great numbers when he played, and we still have John Ryan Murphy on the bench. So I'm 
I'm optimistic about our offense, and the only thing we did in the offseason besides hit our offense was our bullpen. Yeah, no, there's good reasons to be. I mean, I'm not going to lie and act like I, I stayed up to date with all the D-backs offseason. I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to expect <laughs> But, no, I the biggest thing I'll look at is is Bumgarner. And um, so he's 30, right? I think I believe he's yeah, 30, if I'm not mistaken. So if I'm if I'm a D-backs fan, what was the, what was the uh, the deal? Was it five years? It was five years, and it was it, Kev. Was it? It was even that much. It was like fifteen million years. Something. It was not even that much money. Yeah, the, like, the money didn't seem crazy uh, for a guy that's done what he's done. I do wonder, since he's such a workhorse, I would be concerned about uh, him kind of wearing down over the course of that over the course of that deal. But Bumgarner's a guy I respect the hell out of Mad Bum because not only is he he's just like a ball player. And, like, people get on him for being pissed, barking at guys when they pimp a home run. But, like, whatever. Like, if that's if that's your thing, if you're going to be the guy that gets p- pissed off when someone tosses their bat, I'm honestly fine with it. Like, the cool thing to say would be, like, oh, what, man? Don't give up the homer, man. If you don't want him to pimp it, don't give it up. I, I hate that. I always hate that. I can give up a home run and still hate that you threw your bat to Mark. Yeah, it's human emotion. Like, if I got, like, a... If I put 98 on the gun and I put it up and on you and you just turn on and blast it off the upper deck, I'm going to be pissed. pissed. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's so, it's so like, cool baseball Twitter to be like, oh, Mad Bum, like, grow up, man. Like, let the kids play and all that garbage. I just – I am going to be upset if I give up a couple of, you know, bombs into into the water. I mean, by the way, what's his face? Why am I blanking uh, on the Dodgers? Uh, was it Turner? No, it wasn't Turner. Was it uh, Bellinger? Not was Bellinger. It P- Peterson? No. Why am I blanking on the the lefty that hits bombs for the Dodgers? Uh, that's well, that's not, Bellinger. That, that's not Belly. Oh. Well, um. Oh, this is gonna kill no, me. So what Max position Muncy, does he Max play? Muncy, you know that? Max Muncy. Oh, so Max. Okay. Max Muncy's belt. Max Mun- Muncy's line. I mean, an all-time line last year after taking Bumgarner deep, <laughs> and he was like, I forget what it was specifically, but he's basically. He's basically like, if you want to get that shit back, you're going to have to, like, go on a boat or you're going to have to, like, swim to get that thing. And I was like, that is amazing. Dude hits it on the water, and he already knew it was in McCovey Cove, and he had his line ready. But, yeah, if I'm a, if I'm a D-backs fan, I'm excited about the, the Bumgarner edition. He's a guy that no one has had a, a bad word to say about him that's played with him. He got a great send-off in San Francisco. Um, and he's just a horse. He's an absolute horse. And he, he probably rides on horses a lot, too. He's, so he's, a, he's Carolina tough, man. Like, he hasn't endorsed me with Carhartt. That should just tell you everything you need to know right there. Yeah, like name uh, a base, name an athlete that's endorsed by Carhartt. <laughs> yeah, it's just him. Um, but what is uh, go get it out of the? Uh, oh yeah, that's that's the line. He yeah. was like Muncy was pointing. He's like go get that out of the ocean, out of the well, ocean. Imagine hitting a ball so far, you can say go get that thing out of the ocean. That's amazing. That's uh, awesome. And you know what the best thing is about Mad Bum is that he's going to the one team that has always been a thorn in the Dodgers' side every year. Yeah, we exactly. Always, he always seemed to get under the skin every year. And it's amazing. I love it. I think he's going to get in a little dust up with the uh, with the Dodgers. I, I can, I mean, he's he's already had that, but like I think. Oh, that's, please get a benches clearing brawl! I want to see. Yeah, I, wanna I see, think. Uh, I just think that, bell rung. That theme's going to continue. I don't see that changing anytime soon. I'm still pissed about the, the, us them jumping to our pool in 2014. Yeah, I I get it. I get it from both sides, honestly. If you're, um, I'm not going to lie. If I'm on that team, I'm probably jumping in that pool, especially drunk. Like I think that's the kind of thing we like. Wait, guys. Guys, they have a pool in, out behind the set. Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I, I'm sure that's kind of how that all went down. Um, but yeah, if I'm a D-backs fan, fuck that. I, I, 
I'd be pissed. <laughs> oh no, I was I was ready to throw hands that day. I was at, I was at college and I'm like I'm sitting there in my class like pissed. I watch the highlights. My buddies are busting my chops. They all know I'm a Diamondbacks fan. I'm like the only one they know, and they're like. <laughs> And they're like, oh, 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 the Dodgers are your pool. I'm like, I'm going to knock you out in this class right now. <laughs> I will punch you. Don't think I won't. <laughs> I will. Dude, like my, my, my bar fight side is about to come out, and I'm not even, it's not even not 5 o'clock yet. But <laughs> I have two concerns about Mad Bum on the do- on the Diamondbacks. I, earlier I said if I wasn't happy with the Mookie Betts trade, I would become a Diamondbacks fan. So there's two concerns as a lifelong Diamondbacks fan as of two weeks ago. That I have about Bumgarner. One, you're all excited that he's going to be a great pitcher. Next thing you know, he's going to be impaled on the horn of a Bronco. That's I hope the Diamondbacks told to stop doing that after the after the news story came I out. I hope so. But in <laughs> two, I just can't respect a man who dated someone who has yeah. the same exact name. I knew that was coming. Yeah, you brought this up. He see, see, I never heard this before. And he brings this up because Kevin does a segment, and if Steve, you want to stick around for it, it's pure comedy. It's oh, called absolutely. Kevin's weird, Kevin's weird shit in sports. I'm and down, it's, yeah. it's hysterical. And so one of them was the fact that Madison Bumgarner dated Madison Bumgarner. I I think that is when I saw the story initially, I was like, there's no way this is true. Uh, I'm just not. You'd have to be a maniac to do that. Like if I if I dated first off. Madison makes, I guess, more sense for a girl's name. If I dated a Steve Peralt, I, I, it would have to be like Steph Peralt. Um, that would be weird. That would be very strange. I actually, at one point, at one point in my existence, was somewhat seeing a girl named Michelle Peralt. So I guess I am partially crazy for going for someone that had the same last name. We made sure that there was no relation. That was a good, you know, getting that out of the way first. Um, so I'm not an absolute psychopath. But I, yeah, I, I really don't. I, I don't know how you could do that. How you can date someone with the same exact name. That just seems bizarre, right? Oh, totally. I, mean, I don't know like, how old they were, but, like, you're both moaning the name Madison. Like, it's just weird. <laughs> I'd be like, no, done. <laughs> That's, I'm sure early on they were like, we're not doing any cute name stuff. We're not We're not doing any of that. I don't want to be reminded that I'm essentially hooking up with myself. Um, no, you'd have to go with, like, you, you'd have to go with nicknames. Like, they definitely didn't whenever referring to the, the other one they didn't go like hey madison like one of them might have been called maddie or like yeah the girl had to be maddie i would assume but again then, you're, you're dealing with people that are dating their own name so you never know and then when referring to madison bumgarner the pitcher she definitely just only called him babe sweetie things like that or like mason saunders yeah stuff like that yeah <laughs> a common pet name mason oh my saunders God. I saw that story, I think it was Wednesday, Kevin, when we record, Tuesday? Uh, yeah, Tuesday. I saw it Tuesday morning, I'm like, oh god, Kevin's gonna give me so much shit for this. <laughs> I kept it to a minimum. Dude, it, like, but Kevin, this is the thing, we've doing, been doing the show now for about a year together, since Mark went, like, MIA, and basically, with his, you know, his, his four, three or four jobs, because he can't just pick a career he likes, but... Right, in his defense, neither can I. Yeah, hey, dude, are you kidding me? I'm still working for a moving company. I, work, I do this crap at night. Um, but basically, like, I think, Kev, I now will know what stories you're going to give me crap about before they we even get on the air. I think that's a good that's a good balance. Steve, coming from the fact that you and Jared Carabas work so close together, I think you have the same kind of relationship at this point. Yeah, uh, we no, we basically hate each other. But, like, I the, the Mason Saunders thing, because I, I don't – I was just on – a brief vacation last week. So I don't, I think it dropped and I missed this, but um, 
just to be just to make sure we're on the same page here it's that was that was his like code name when he went on when he was doing like rodeos yep i'm surprised no one in the crowd was like that or no one working there was like that that's Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, this is what I'm stuck on. I'm stuck he's on like he's not that hard to not recognize. He's pretty recognizable. He's noticeable. He's a big dude. He's got facial hair, the long hair in the back. Um, especially depending on uh, did it say where he did these rodeos? Maybe if it wasn't in the San Francisco area, then I'm sure it wasn't. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure there would be no rodeos in San Francisco. Yeah, I was gonna I, say that would be the only time ever uh, that they I, have. Well, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, maybe like back Arizona, Carolina, Rancho. Rancho Rio Ranch in Wickenburg, Arizona, apparently, is where he did this. Okay, so, I mean, at least he's close to his new spot now. Maybe that's why I picked Arizona. I thought I could keep getting away with it. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. like, if that's anywhere near Phoenix or something, someone would go Oh, yeah, because he, be he like, would always decimate us every time he pitched against us. So yeah, that's – um. I, I do wonder with it being in such a different location like out west, if you're going to get away with it more. Like, when we, we had talked to J.D., and he said he can't go anywhere in the Boston area without getting recognized, like even with a hat on or like a hoodie and everything, like everyone picks up on it. Um, so I don't know. Maybe it's just more of like a, a chiller vibe out west. And they're just like, oh, yeah, that's Madison. But we're going to let him do it. You know, we're going to let him get on this rodeo. I definitely feel like that's a northeast thing with like the with the ball players and stuff. Yeah, they can't go anywhere. There's there's nowhere they can go without being recognized. But that's probably a cool thing. Like, I, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't see players around Fenway too much, but I remember uh, – Going to the what was it? What's that burger place? It's a burger place right by Fenway. I'm very upset. God, I can't so, think of it right oh, now. I know what you're talking about. Too. Very upset with myself that I'm not remembering this. This is embarrassing. But um, I was in line and uh, Tasty Burger, by the way. And oh, um, Andrew Miller was in front of me, and he was he was on the DL at the time with the cast on. And I was just like, Hey, what's up, man? You're Andrew. I think I said like you're Andrew Miller. <laughs> like, hey, it's like yeah, no shit, dude. <laughs> but he was the nicest dude ever. He was just like, Yeah, what's up? What's going on, man? But I, I wanted to talk to him specifically because I remember seeing him uh, pitching the Cape League for the Chatham A's. And, um, you know, I at least had a game plan going in, which is good. I think a lot of players, a lot of people see these players and they and just, just like, hey, you're on the Red Sox. And that's it. That's like all like a selfie. Yeah, they're just pointing at him like you're a player. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's like you got to you got to have more of a human interaction than just like I see you on TV. So, um, yeah, this I'm I'm surprised, to be honest, that. That no one uh, noticed, or at least that it seems like he got away with being what Mason Saunders uh, while yeah. he's doing radio. It, it was way too similar to me to like for someone not to pick it up. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, the, I'm just hoping that it's done and now he can just pitch for us for a couple of years and then retire back out to his ranch and keep rodeoing. But uh, before we move on, yeah, I just want to bring to attention, Steve. You just did a little bit of a southern accent there when talking about the rodeo. Yeah, a little bit. And I just want to commend you on that because when people try to do a southern accent, they usually go over the top. Yours was <laughs> kind of subtle. Pretty, it was pretty good, but it was subtle, like low key, which is more of a southern accent than the over the top, like oh, I was driving down the road in my pickup. <laughs> yeah, dude, I gotta. I, I listen to Bill Simmons podcast a lot, and he always brings up Rockets fans and how much shit they talk to him. And his impression of Rockets fans is just like. He's like, damn there, Bill Simmons, y'all can't get away with this tank right here. I'm like, come on, man. They're, that's that is definitely not. It's like they're all riding on bulls. Like, what what are you talking about? That is not how it goes. But the Texas uh, accents itself is just something else. It's tough. I try not to do accents that I know I just can't. I just can't do. But uh, but well, yeah, I just wanted to tell you, nice job on the southern accent from someone who 
was in Alabama for four years. I appreciate it. Yeah, that is talk about Southern accent. That is maybe the uh, the capital of Southern accents. And I uh, miss it every day. <laughs> sure you do. Still has his cowboy boots and wears them to the bar. Wait, so were you there uh, just by default? You had to be there during some of the championships, right? I, they went to the national championship every year I was there, and they won <laughs> two of them. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> and he's also a Patriots fan. Oh, my God. That is okay. ridiculous. I still have to see that documentary, that Belichick uh, Saban. I watch it's too. gold. I watched half of it. It's unbelievable. Like, I, when the clips are online, it was unbelievable. I was like, this is awesome. As I'm, a saving, I'm saving it for, like, you know that the certain, you know, whether it's a movie or a show, it's like, I got to save this for the right moment. I, I got to have my right snacks, my right drinks ready to go. Yeah. Totally. I've explained this to people before, Steve, you judge me any more harshly. <laughs> I grew up I, – I don't – I try not to say where I'm from in this, but we don't have enough fans for it to matter. I grew up in Rentham. Okay. Anyone who knows any like where the Patriots are, that's five minutes from Foxborough. Yeah. Except on game day, it's two hours for some reason. And then when looking at schools, I wanted to go south to avoid the winter. I got a full scholarship to Alabama, so that's why I went there. Football did not play into that decision. I was muting my mic just because the phone was going off. I was trying to be considerate there. Um, we appreciate it. No, but I, I, I hear you. But you, what, you, I, you grew up that close to Gillette or Foxborough Stadium, whatever, at that point? Yep. Damn. Okay. It I didn't, didn't go to nearly as many games as I would have liked. Yeah. I mean, it's I, – I, I think I'm going to look back at my existence and think the same thing. I – I got to go to a decent amount of Pats games, like a good handful. But going to NFL games, first off, especially Patriots games, tickets are ridiculous. If you want to just, like, get in the door at Gillette during this run, it's, I mean, you can't get anything cheaper than, like, 280, 300. Like, it's, 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 and that's for, like, the last row of the stadium. So, um, I think, yeah. oh, sorry. No, what's up? No, what's up? No, what's up? I think for the wild card game against the Titans, people who were selling tickets knew what was going to happen. So I went with a friend from school, and we went to the Titans-Pats game. Like, okay, we want Derrick Henry to do well, but we want the Patriots to win. And it was like a hundred bucks for two tickets. They were in the nosebleeds, but that's pretty good. Dude, it was yeah. So basically, the only time you're gonna get like a a cheaper Pats ticket is when the sky is falling, and that's basically what happened. Um, you know, losing to the friggin' Dolphins in Week 17. I that. I mean, this Pats team wasn't going to – they weren't going to beat the Chiefs. Uh, they probably weren't going to beat the Ravens, even though Lamar is trash in the postseason so far. Um, so, yeah, that. but that – there was so little hope of them doing much of anything. I didn't even feel great going to the Titans game. I didn't think they were going to lose, but it, there was really no reason to feel great. Everybody was banged up. Um, yeah, we'll see. I don't even want to – if I, we talk about the Pats, it's just going to be sad, so let's not. I mean, hey, listen, my team got eliminated the next night, too, when our quarterback got cheap-shotted into the turf. But Okay, your team shouldn't have even been there in the first place. Listen, we are the team you can't kill. We're like a cockroach. We just somehow find a way to get into the playoffs under Peterson. It just happens. Who's that? that, Why am I blanking on the old backup there? Uh, uh, Josh McCown. He had a torn hamstring in almost that game. I I love Josh McCown, just how he carries himself. The dude's been basically like a lifelong backup. Um, And he was, you know, full tears after that game. Like, that's, that's what it's all about. Oh, yeah. um, you know, he left it all out there and yes, they lost, but like, that's a very tough situation to be in. You're in Philly and fucking, you know, Wentz goes down and now I have to be the guy to, yeah. to win I a playoff he game. Hand me on, like the third play of the game too. Yeah. He's like, let's just keep it rolling. I respect the hell out of that. Oh, I do. Josh McCowan is forever a folk hero in that city now, but, uh, 
We gotta actually talk some baseball at some point tonight. <laughs> yeah, probably should. Because uh, I don't want to keep you. I don't even know if you're at the office at this point right now. But I mean, like me and Kevin are both sitting at home on our computers talking Skype. But <laughs> we so we're, the World Series this year for the first time in a while, I'd have no pick for who's gonna win. Usually at this point, I have a team. Usually it's like a Houston or an, and I'm not picking New York because the back end of their rotation is trash. And they're the Yankees. They choke in the first round anyway. Or the championship series recently. I like the Do- the Dodgers I would pick as much as it wants to curdle my blood over. But I don't trust their bullpen getting to Jansen. So, Steve, who you got going to the World Series early this season right now? Uh, the Dodgers are, are the easy pick, and and that's why I'm going to pick them. I, I think they're absolutely stacked. I mean, it, the second they got Mookie, they, I already thought they were going to go to the World Series without Mookie. Um, and the second that they got him, I, I think they're they're definitely going. And that's why they won't go, because it makes too much sense for them to go to the World Series. Um, but no, I, I think the Dodgers, uh, the Brewers are... Oh, yeah, true. There's no reason that they wouldn't be good again. Um, American League-wise... Here's the deal. And this might sound a little crazy. I'm ready for it. The thing I am most interested in in April in Major League Baseball, obviously how the Red Sox play, but outside of that, the Houston Astros still still have a loaded lineup. And, regardless, and a good rotation. Yeah, and a good rotation. And regardless of how much that trash can was banged, that there is something to be said about a cocky team. That team is insanely cocky having everyone on the planet hate them and want them to do poorly they are ready to explode and that's that could either be good or bad that could be an absolute mess where they start calling each other out guys aren't feeling right i said the hayman tweet today was laughable i gotta i gotta pull this up I legitimately laughed out loud. Oh, I think I saw that tweet. I, I scrolled past but like a thousand people. Like Dude, I know retweeted it. It probably had like five million comments. Um, oh, something like that. Yeah. And he goes, if it makes anyone feel better, there's no doubt Astros players are suffering for their shenanigans. Some of them seem sad. With others, it feels like they've lost their edge. Prediction? It's going to be a long season, and they will very likely underperform. Like, sick, Heyman. Did John, did John Heyman actually play sports at all as a kid? He's like, <laughs> I, I even as, like, a high school athlete, dude, like, being angry about being the villain is, like, the best motivation on the planet. Honestly, I fully agree. I mean, that had 2.5 thousand comments. Jesus not not likes, comments. So everyone's like, oh, boo-hoo, <laughs> they, they feel bad. Um, so, yeah, that that is... Oh, man, softest I, tweet of the year. It's in the running. It's in the guys. Just in case you didn't know, I know none of the players got punished, and like you can't throw at them, but they feel bad. Uh, yeah. Just, so I, I think that's I'm just waiting. Oh, he didn't mean to cut you off. I'm waiting to see what happens when somebody actually goes upstairs on one of these dudes. Not even like to the head, but like I'm talking like at least like shoulders, rib cage. Because yeah, it's gonna I'm, happen. Somebody's gonna slip on a curveball or something like that, and we're looking at. Manfred losing his damn marbles in the office, like we gotta suspend him for four games. I told him to throw him. We gotta cancel him forever. Uh, no, I I honestly think that the first brawl or benches clearing incident is gonna happen early, and I don't think it's gonna be the Angels because they opened with four against uh, L.A. at home. But I again, I know we might have gotten off the rails a little bit here, but like I think the Astros 
my gut is telling me they're going to win the ALCS. And, like, I don't think a lot of people – I might bet on that, actually. I don't know what the odds are. The but only team I can think of that might be a surprise is, like, the Twins because they just hit home runs every time they hit to get to the plate. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's that's a team that, that goes mega deep, but, like, their rotation is whatever. I, I, I mean, I guess you got it's my eight still- now. But it, you know what the weirdest thing is? Like, we were talking about, like, Cleveland like that three, three, four years ago when they went up against the, the the Cubs. Like, it was just, like, this nobody team. Like, the weirdest thing about baseball is that deadline in July f- can flip a team in like that. Because we no. weren't even talking about Houston going back last year or even coming close. And they went and got Greg. Like, oh, crap. There goes the rotation again. I know. I, I realistically think, like, gun to my head, the only team – and this is this is just the stupid preseason thing, but – and this is also a basic take. The only teams out of the American League that I genuinely think are going to go to the World Series are the Astros and Yankees. Like I, it, to me, it's going to be hard to see one of these other teams make the World Series, um, considering the talent. It's not a really a deep league. It's it's, it's top heavy. You look at some of these. Like uh, no one's going to have the friggin' Devil. I still call them the Devil Rays. No one's going to have them in in the uh, in the World Series. And I don't think they're gonna have a season like that. I think the Angels are this year's Devil Rays, where they're gonna like sneak in and kind of be around the thing. Because I love the Rendon signing. Yeah, Rendon signing's huge for them. I mean, they're gonna end up. I mean, they're probably gonna like get Mookie Betts, and they're gonna get everybody else, and still finish like twenty games under five hundred. I, I don't know. The Angels are just an absolute joke. Like they should be so much better. And now now you have Rendon. There's if they don't make the playoffs, just cancel the Angels. <laughs> like, like they get beat up by the A's, who have lawn chairs at the plate every year like i don't understand this league anymore how do the a's win 25 more games than the angels last year there's no excuse for that but like some of the funnest players to watch on the planet and they can't win a damn game i think i mean sucks oh yeah also like i gotta think about the the nl is weird because the nl there's like there's like four teams i could see because last year we can't now like we can't always say oh the dodgers are gonna go because last year we thought it was a stamp it and go home dodgers are going to the world series and then they lose to the nationals the first round a team that literally by the skinner of the teeth got in as the four i think what the four seed and now we're looking at all these guys who are gonna be creeping around you got the mets who somehow got better i don't even know but they have no manager so that's gonna be interesting to watch you got the Phillies are going to be better now because they another year with Bryce Harper. You have the Braves with their two young studs and the rest of that lineup. And then you have, you know, out west, you have Arizona and L.A. In the central, you have uh, – I mean, I can't even, like, ignore Cincinnati who made, like, every damn move under the sun this, this I know. I know. Maybe maybe they'll sneak into the wild card game or, uh, or even actually, you know, clinch a spot. But I – the thing with the National League, I look down the list here, and honestly – I could see four of the teams in the National League East making the World Series. Like, right? That, it, it's so I. There's way more teams in the NL. I think the NL is way more open uh, than the American League, and yeah. it'll be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's like I, the NFL a couple years ago, where how yeah. the AFC had like three teams and the NFC had 14 teams. Yeah, that's kind of what this looks like, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if you had a lot of teams, you know, in the hunt at the end there for that for those wild card spots, but. Yeah, we'll see. I, what what are our thoughts on the that ridiculous proposed postseason uh, plan that that Manfred had or that Major League Baseball rolled out? The whole like drafting who you're gonna face and oh god, and, and the, the first team gets a buy and all this nonsense. That was nuts. I mean, it's not like it's not like we're in the NFL. Like you get the crap. Yeah, your your you know, pitchers have their arms hurting a little bit, but like I mean, they're or like their shoulders are falling under soccer band the season more likely, but. It's, but they get to pitch every fifth day. It's not like football where you are basically beat up after every game. I don't like the whole buy system and, and the whole drafting thing. I just – with baseball, adding the extra wildcard team, genius. Great. It makes one-game baseball is must-watch TV. I'll watch that over 
game six of the NBA finals every time because there's just so much more drama and there's more anticipation because of the gap between pitches and also baseball is better than basketball. But um, it's to, as a guy who like football is my first sport, baseball being always, of course, like my original love when I was a kid, I still will always watch postseason baseball over it. And being as a guy who's had to watch his team in that playoff game multiple times, it's, it's a, it holds a little special part in my heart there. But I, I just – I think that there, there, there are certain things the game should change, and the playoff picture is not one of them. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't understand why you'd want to mess with this when everybody seems to be, like, universally down for the wild card game. And one thing I would change, I would definitely make the division series best of seven. I hate that that's a best of five. You, you play – so long in this in the over the course of the season and if you drop one or you know god forbid two of the games uh at home or just in general in that division series it's over i mean i know teams have come back and won three in a row but it's rare and uh it just doesn't feel like i i don't like when it when you get to that the home field of the other team and it feels like the series is over a lot of times with the with the home team already being up 2-0 so um yeah i just i i I do love uh, baseball more than anything, and I love the playoff format as is right now. But I, I would be down for the division series being best of seven. I, I, I think that should be anyone that talks like I, the, I hate the constant uh, feedback of everyone being like, oh, well, you can't go can't go into November. You can't go into like it's whatever. It's an extra like three days. Yeah. Like you can't. The weather's already cold in a lot of these places. It's not going to be that much different on October 30th that it is on November 2nd. Like who cares? Yeah. The only thing I disagree with you is I love the chaos of the five-game series. Like, oh, it, it's legit. It's legit. Like, even Sox-Yankees Sox, Sox a couple years ago, you know, Sox split at home, and we thought the, you know, the sky was falling. I remember that podcast we did after game two. It was like, I don't know. We're going to New York, and if the Yankees win both those games, our season's over. But, yeah, I I do – I agree with you. I think the chaos is legit. Um, But I don't know. Sometimes it just feels like – Teams kind of get ripped off, like the road team. Oh, totally. Is, I, I, had an amazing year, and they won their division in in some of those cases, and then they're going home, you know, down 0-2. I think last year with the Nationals kind of helped the chaos side because yeah. before I see your point completely, where like you know my Diamondbacks in 2017 had an amazing season, like it was the best team I'd ever watched in my lifetime since 2001, and I was only a, a, a I was a munchkin at that point, mm. and. I was sitting there like, oh, my God, we're in the divisional round. This is, like, the most excited I've been since, like, 07 when we had nobody, but somehow we made it. And then we got the living crap kicked out of us in three games by the Dodgers. But it wouldn't have mattered anyway. We got swept. I understand your point. Like, it's just like, you know, the loaded teams will just still steamroll guys. But I think now that baseball is, you know, I'm starting to see, like, the NL has become more balanced. It's not becoming a problem. I think the AL is going to be an issue now because you have, you have such a top-loaded AL. But uh, I don't know. I, I could see either either side of that uh, debate about extending the division series. Yeah, I just I, I think it's. I mean, you, you bring up a valid point with the with the drama. The playoffs were a ton of fun last year. Like oh, oh. even you know no socks, but like I I just love watching you know MLB playoffs regardless of if my team's in it. Um, and yeah, so I I just if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Applies to so many things in life and sports. It's this this system works. Like why do you want to change? A system that works, I mean, especially everyone's trying to change everything with baseball. And 
the thing there, that works is the playoffs. Yeah, there, there's like a lot of things that work in baseball. I think that whoever's feeding Rob Manfred this like crystal ball information, he's trying to figure out. They gotta get fired because they're looking. <laughs> get at him out of here. Get him out of here. I was at the I was at City Field watching the D backs Mets because it's the only time I get to see my D backs live basically. And I'm like, there's like a timer for the pitcher. I'm like, I mean, I get it, but like, you know, maybe have the guy the pitcher warm up completely in the bullpen and yeah. basically they're ready to go when they hit the mound. Like, yeah, that's, I, that's an idea. I, I hate the the pitch clock and I know they've in, incorporated it in the minors um, based solely on the fact that, like, A, it's not going to change that much of the pace of play anyway. And B, it gives a huge advantage to the base runner knowing when he has to go to the plate. So I I don't like that. I don't think it's really necessary. Also, like breaking news, baseball games take a while. Like it's not these aren't like two hour games. I, I know it, I I completely agree. And the thing is like well the thing is I agree with you there. And it's more or less like the fact is like maybe I was I was pissed because you're we getting smashed nine nothing and I had four obnoxious Mets fans next <laughs> to me and I was semi sober and I was with my grandparents or else I would have jumped all four of these guys <laughs> because they were you know they're your typical rich Long Island Mets fans and I'm like sitting there with this kid in Diamondbacks jersey and a belly up T-shirt on irritated and slightly hung over. I'm like, I want to start a fight right now. Yeah. No, I, I just think, you know, the games are going to take as long as you're going to take. I, I've loved baseball forever. I don't need it to be shorter. The people that complain about the length aren't going to watch anyway. So yeah, just this, this system works. Stop trying to change everything. Like it's, it's ridiculous. Oh, totally. All right. So Steve, we have one last thing. Okay. Yes. You, you, the stage is yours. This is oh, we're, we're doing my, my weird shit. We're doing your weird shit. Are you are you feeling honored right now? I am because you you stopped the conversation, pulled attention to me. I love <laughs> it. Do either of you guys know who Fritz Peterson is? No chance. No. Do you know who Mike Kekich is? No chance. It's actually Kekich. Really. My bad. Mike Kekich. Well, they both played for the Yankees in the late 60s, early 70s. And... They grew very close. Their whole families grew very close. And then in 1973, they both realized that they loved each other's wives. Oh, wow. I heard of this story, actually. I'm reading this right now. This is nuts. In spring training of March 1973, they decided to do a wife swap. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) they They left their wives and moved in with the other spouse and families <laughs> and got married. What? And I think it was Kekich, but I'm not sure. One of them had a dog they had to leave, which would have been harder for me than leaving the kids, if we're being honest. Yeah. But Kekich and um, the former Marilyn Peterson, um, Fritz's former wife, did not last long at all. They dated for a couple months, broke up, and by June, the Yankees had traded Kekich. However, Fritz Peterson is still married wow. to the former Mrs. Kekich, now Mrs. Peterson. They are still married. And in 2013, he said, I could not be happier with anyone in the world. We're still in the honeymoon phase, and it has been a real blessing. And that might be the weirdest sports story I ever heard. Two teammates swapping wives. <laughs> That is so bizarre. Yeah, I'm I'm reading out in summer of 1972, the biggest trade in Yankees history originated at a party. And wow, this is so weird. 
when Kekic drove home with the wife of pitcher Fritz Peterson and Peterson drove home with Mrs. Kekic. What a weird thing. My goodness. I, I actually, I want to know, I want to know like when, when does that hit you, right? Because I'm not going to lie, and this might sound a little weird, I don't care. There are times where I've hung out with friends and like the girlfriend or the significant other is there and I'm thinking, like, hold the, f- I could easily, I could easily have me and her be a thing. Like there is, oh, I, I, I've been there before too. It's, it's, it's not like an abnormal thing. It's a weird feeling though, because you're like, that's my boy. But like, we yeah. could, I could easily be a thing with, with his girl. But, um, but then to actually, there's so many more steps that have to happen <laughs> until you say, yo, want to swap wives real quick? <laughs> I, I want to know how, who initiated that. In, that I know. Conversation. Cause that, that like, that's something it's one thing if you're like, Hey, you know, you're down to mix it up a little bit with like both couples like that happens. I don't know if it's common, but it's a totally other thing to come to that dude and be like, yo, you, you cool. If I, if I marry your wife, that's essentially what you're saying. And you need him like, yeah. Cause who starts that conversation? Yeah. That's, that's a wild thing to say. I feel like there was a lot of Johnny Walker involved with this or something because oh, there's no sober. way this no happened way. sober. And, I yeah. Yeah, no sorry, I forget which it was, but the story goes, apparently they were at a party and one of them, either Kekic or Peterson, left with the other's wife to go to a diner and the other two were supposed to meet them there, but they were two and a half hours late. Gee, I wonder what they were doing. Probably shaking hands. And they, uh, they got to know each other, apparently, and then... I'm very intrigued. I really need to know who started this conversation about should we swap wives? Also, how many kids are involved? Are there kids? There were kids. Oh, God. According to what I've read, there were children. So you'd have to figure the odds are high that if if those players, if those guys were friendly, then the kids knew the other guy pretty well. Oh, so yeah. like all of a sudden the guy you know your your dad's friend is now your dad. Your ste- <laughs> uh, well, I'm this is like oh my god I'm, yeah because now I'm not, see now Steve you kind of dug up up a little dirt now I'm gonna start <laughs> I'm starting to think of the details I'm like oh my god this is odd this is so weird I, I, I here's the deal this thing is weird regardless there is no scenario in which this isn't weird but. If both couples didn't have kids, it would make it a little less weird because it's almost like you're just starting a new journey with it's like a new marriage and that that happens um so it'd be a little less strange like the pets whatever they'll get over it they're still getting fed they're still getting walked but yeah i i i don't know like i really need i know we've mentioned it but i need to know who started that conversation because there's no first off no way they were sober that's the kind of thing that you're like (laughs) right 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 yeah dude so have you like have you thought about being with my wife (laughs) that's kind of what you have to say there which is so weird. I'm it just... gets weirder too. Oh God! I thought we were already at the max weirdness. I thought, yeah, I know we're at like the hour mark and we're still finding new shit at this point. Yeah, In 2015, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were trying to make a movie about this. Oh, Jesus, I would. I, this would be an. I'd be all about this movie. I know, I, but like it's two Boston guys. It's a little weird right now. Like, and it was based on a book, but then Kekich. The one who did not stay with the other's wife, who broke up soon after, yeah. went to them and was like, hey, guys, no. 
<laughs> not we're happening. Not making a look, movie about this. Makes me look terrible. So we're not doing this. That's got to be tough for that guy, right? Is he in a position where he's like, what what could have been with my wife that's now with my friend? Right? You you can't be friends after that. I no feel. no you can't. But like, like do you think if, he tried to like reswap? <laughs> like, can we swap back? I I feel like at that point you just gotta take take it and own it. You take gotta, the L. As the you kid. you took the risk. Now you gotta now you gotta own it. Yeah yeah. No, he I played hear in Japan after I don't know. Settle over there. Find some woman in Japan. Just stay there. Yeah, that's a good point. I I think if you're gonna commit to something this crazy you have to commit to it you have you know you signed up for this this is this wasn't just like a one-way road so that's a good point all righty steve this was awesome we had a great show today this is probably this is like i'm gonna actually enjoy editing this tomorrow morning when i'm going <laughs> when i'm like you know just cracking sitting there watching highlights and everything else thank you so much guys all the corner roof nation Thanks, Steve Peralt, for coming on. Be sure to follow him at Steve Peralt, and also check out the Section 10 podcast. It's awesome. And I don't even like the Red Sox, and I love the podcast. Thanks for listening to the Corner Booth Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram and on Twitter at Corner Booth Pod.